All right, uh, really, really, really low effort intro today, like lowest effort in a long time. I've prepared not even uh, an attempt at a joke, but we're back. We're talking about season two of, Jesus Christ, episode two of Secret Invasion. I thought you were talking about our podcast for a second. I was like, we're definitely not episode two right now. No, no, no. Episode two of Secret Invasion. We're going to talk about, uh, real quickly, we're going to talk about some Marvel news, superhero news, and... uh, Boy, have I done a 180 on this show, and I'm ve- and I'm very excited to see uh, how you feel because I feel like the internet has gone absolutely fucking crazy uh, with their opinion on this show. But we'll get into it. Uh, welcome everyone to the Infinity Watch Podcast. Oh my God. Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. My name is Tommy, and I'm here with my low effort co host, Eric. Yeah. Who portrays to be low effort, but always puts it in, in my opinion. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. almost as low effort as putting an intro to the episode of your show, really just recapping an entire movie. Of the MCU. Is that a, that's a first, right? I don't think we've ever experienced that. Is, oh yeah, yeah. No, I I don't think we have either. Especially, at least not in such a uh, short amount of time as I love the the idea of someone never having seen Captain Marvel watching Secret Invasion for one. That's one thing. But then they're like, wow, they really have some great special effects for this. (laughs) For this intro segment, yeah. Previously on the MCU, they honestly should probably do that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm surprised they didn't just throw that in the first one. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, why wait? I do think there... I could definitely see there being people interested in this show who... I mean, to the layman, why would there be a connection between this show and Captain Marvel specifically? So, like... I get that. Like, maybe somebody who just never saw Captain Marvel is like, oh, cool. I like Sam Jackson. I like Aliens. We'll check this out. Uh, For anybody who doesn't... Well, I mean, if you're listening to this show and you didn't watch the episode, what the fuck are you doing? Can you imagine uh, if our our main audience (laughs) didn't watch anything and just listen to us talk about it? I also think that's possible, but I think that's even more unlikely. Uh, hey, you're welcome to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, of course. Thanks for thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy it. But uh, but watch these shows, even when they're bad, so you have some context. I would say. Yeah, there's a lot worse things. Even even the MCU stuff I don't like. I'm like, yeah, it's still fine, I guess. Except for Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, no, at this that's point, I don't really, know. Really it's, it's getting some competition. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's how we know how this episode's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like Eric said, we'll get into episode two of Secret Invasion shortly. But before that, let's jump into some news. Did you introduce yourself? I don't know. My name's Tommy. I'm, I'm here. 
I'm here. We're here. We're here against all odds. Yeah. Whether <laughs> whether that's a good thing or not, I'm here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely wild. Um you know how last week I mentioned how basically everyone was gonna uh skip San Diego Comic Con with the exception of DC. Yes. Well, it's looking like they're probably not going to be there either. <laughs> uh, so RIP to all conferences. I guess, uh, yeah, they're basically unlikely to really do much. I think Warner Brothers is still hosting a Hall H panel, um, but I don't think they're really going to have much of a, pre- uh, a presence at all. And James Gunn confirmed that he won't be there, but probably next year. So if you have uh, tickets to this year's Comic-Con... Uh, Go fuck yourself is apparently what they're they're saying to you. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. But again, I've never had the privilege, so I don't know. I yeah. only only feel so bad. But <laughs> it is a weird thing. You have to buy the tickets so far in advance, and you really don't know what's going on. And some of those yeah. years were bangers, man. Some of yeah. them are crazy, but. Um, you also have to like wait in line to get into these halls because there's only limited space. I just, I don't think I have the patience in me. I'll just read the rumors, you know, it'll be fine. Every, literally everything gets leaked the day of. So like, doesn't matter. You don't have to be there. Enjoy it from the comfort of your own home. Yeah. And don't spend thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's insane. I would say everyone pulling out of, uh, Comic-Con this year is kind of like the Titan submarine of pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Those memes are, are just going to be a place in time forever. That's Amazing. for sure. That's for sure. All right. Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse have confirmed that the producers of the film have confirmed they're willing to delay the threequel if they have oh. to. Oh, are they? That's how how... Nice and informational. Right. Can you imagine? You know, you, you just have a movie that's scheduled to come out in nine months that yeah. you haven't started working on, basically. Yeah. Seems legit. So I guess Phil Lord and Chris Miller were in an interview with comicbook.com. And I don't I usually read these and they say who the interview's with. And this says comicbook.com via tunado.com, whatever the fuck that means. Um, and this is what they said. Um, Phil Lord said, I would say that just like we're going to take the time necessary to make Beyond the Spider-Verse great before Chris Miller added, and we won't back into a release date that doesn't fit. So yeah, we're probably not going to get that movie until like 2026. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be my guess. Which sucks, but you know, I would rather be good. Agreed, agreed. Um, there is something like there was something going around Twitter that looked like an official communication, uh, from about that movie that said it was being delayed till 2026. That is not real for anybody who saw that. Oh, yes. Like it, it it probably will be though. (laughs) Sony would never admit to poor management. That was part of it. They're like, sorry, due to poor management from the executives. Like, yeah. No one's ever yeah. saying that shit. No, no. But no, yeah, no. I mean, I, I think it would probably have come out in 24 if the writer's strike wasn't going on. I don't know. I mean, it's only been a couple of months. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, we'll yeah, see. I don't know. Because they can still animate it. Yeah. I mean, not all of it, but like they can. I got to imagine there's a lot of groundwork that can be done before yeah. even without the dialogue. There's like a lot of gray area there because obviously the writers, it would be more than just dialogue, right? You know, it's like the entire story beat of it is still technically true, writing. True, 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 true. And so, like, where is that line sit? I don't think there's a clear answer. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, sucks. You know, I was really hoping that they had made both of those together, but if they can pull it off and have the same quality as the second movie, then I'll just shut the fuck up. I'm totally fine. Here, this is for all video games, movies, and TV shows. I am totally fine waiting a long-ass time for something genuinely great. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And what's crazy... I don't think anyone alive disagrees with that. And yet every studio for every form of media doesn't give a shit. Like, no, we got to get it out now. Listen, I'm like the most impatient motherfucker. And I would still wait because there's so much shit. Everything's shit. There's too much. There's too much. Everything's mediocre or worse. Yeah. And then there's a uh, secret. Um, let me move on here. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say this one line from this article. There was, there was an interview with the Flash star Ezra Miller. And uh, there's just one quote. And it just says, I have been unjustly and directly targeted by an individual who the facts have shown has a history of such manipulative and destructive actions. Oh, oh, is Ezra Miller sad that they're being accused of running a sex cult? Oh, no. Just wild. (laughs) All alleged things that we're discussing today. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. But, uh, man, you know, hey, Eric, when was the last time you uh, were accused of running a sex cult. Ooh, you know what's crazy? I can't remember a time. Oh my gosh, same. Isn't that weird how that... <laughs> that is so weird. You know, whether that's it's so true or weird. not, I don't think I've ever had that experience. No, no, that's so interesting. But uh, Maybe someday, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, aspirational. Aspirational. Uh, next piece of news here. The Infinity Watch host, Eric, accused... <laughs> oh, sorry, that was the wrong article. <laughs> Um, all right, so Deadpool 3. <laughs> Apparently, this is like the only movie being developed right now. That they Which actually... is insane. <laughs> like, it's like the wrong one to be developed during a writer's strike by far. Going back to our previous comments about slowing down and waiting. Yeah. Um, rumors are, are kind of mounting that Loki star Owen Wilson will return as Mobius M. Mobius in the threequel. There's been some pictures, I think, on Twitter that Owen Wilson was spotted in London and that's where they're currently filming right now. So, yeah, I remember that was like an early, early rumor, like months ago. So that's actually, um, pretty surprising that that was actually correct. I mean, it, uh, it makes some sense. Like, it's not like crazy, but if they're going to do some like weird time shit, it totally makes sense to just pull him in. Because obviously with the Wolverine stuff, it just they're gonna they're gonna make that shit fucking crazy, which is fine. I I like a crazy Deadpool movie. And now that he's in the MCU, just don't fuck it up because it's got so much potential. I'm so nervous. I really think it's gonna be so bad. 
I, I, I thought uh, the first two, the first two are like solid Bs for me. Yeah, agree. I would agree. I don't I, think I, I've I, ever yeah. watched them again, though. Is the thing. Also, same. Yep. So I don't know. What does that say about that? I don't know. But I enjoyed both of them in the moment. Yeah, for sure. So, um, all right. Take this with a tiny, tiny grain of salt because sometimes people take articles and then kind of blow them out of proportion. But I'm going to hope that this is true because Eric and I are fans of Dune, the book, the movie, whatever it is. Um, And based on an article from Deadline, it has seemingly been confirmed that there will be a Dune Part 3 that will adapt the second book in the Frank Herbert series called Dune Messiah. Which, if true, would be amazing. Yes. Oh my god, yeah. that's They dropped the sa- the trailer for uh, Part 2 over since the last episode, and it's like so fucking good. Deadline's pretty legit, right? I don't think they would report on that if it wasn't uh, Deadline legit. is usually pretty good. Um, so one, another website ended up quoting this deadline article and really this deadline article is they've talked about this for a long time. It would be weird. There's not many movie series where they just do two. Um, I think the movie it, that, that one just had two of them, which is fine. And sometimes they'll just split books up into two, which is, eh, it's okay. But I really feel like in this case, it would make a lot of sense to do all three because Dune Messiah is basically kind of the end of a story within that dune saga um and so this this article from deadline basically refers to part two as the middle picture in the series and it seems like they're confirming that there's going to be a third that we haven't heard any confirmation from denis villeneuve who directed the first two if he doesn't direct the third one i am gonna be upset yeah, agreed, agreed. I he's got to uh he's got to bring it home here. Yeah. That dude, he's never made a bad movie and everything he puts out seems to be pretty great. And so I I'm, I'm really looking forward to the second Dune movie. Uh as Eric said that trailer dropped and man, I've watched it like 5 times. It's it's so good. Really, really good. They can pull this shit off. Oh my gosh. Just give me like a, a fight battle scene. That's anything close to the fights from Lord of the Rings. Not in this. Obviously, that's like medieval type shit. But just give me that same feeling. And oh, that's all I want in life. So good. Oh, yeah. But we'll see. That movie uh, part two comes out November of this year. But obviously, we do have that writer strike going on. So who knows what's going to go on with anything at this point? Not for that one, but for the third one. I do think, uh, looking back, it was quite ballsy that they advertised Dune as just Dune, the movie Dune, and then you go into the theater and like a minute in, it says Dune Part One. Yeah, I re- yeah I remember uh, that was a little bit controversial, rightly so, I would say. Well, I think <laughs> at that point they hadn't confirmed Part Two. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, damn. I wonder if that's like a political choice, or they must have already been like, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. Otherwise, man. Hope so. Hope so. Yeah, it would be amazing. Dune Messiah is really good. You convinced me to read that book. Even after, like, I loved the the book Dune, but it's undeniably a Bible of a book. Yeah, Um, it's it's tough. 
it's not the easiest read, but like I, I, I got through it and I ended up loving it. And I was like, all right, I'm ready for a break. And you're like, dude, just read Messiah. And yeah. I'm like, fine. And then I did. And I was like, all right, yeah. It's it's one, it's way shorter. Yeah. And and it's really, really good. And it does tie up a lot of uh, a lot of things. A lot I feel of like things. Dune. Well, Dune, the first book is split between like there's like two books in one almost. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, but yeah, I really feel like you have to like push through those hundred pages at the beginning because it's yeah. just like wild. It's like jumping into like a foreign country kind of uh, and not understanding the language. But um, yeah, if when you do like it, man, it's great. It's sure. the best. It's the best. So yeah, fingers crossed on that one. Hope they make it because what a trilogy. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Secret Invasion. Oh, baby. Okay. Tell me, first of all, full spoilers for this episode of Secret Invasion and uh, any Marvel movie, pretty much. Um, yep. Uh, m- my question before we start Did you feel this episode was better, worse, or the same as episode one? Better. Okay. That, that, is, that seems to be the prevailing opinion. But I will explain to you why this was the biggest piece of dog shit episode of television that oh there's ever that there's ever been on TV ever. Um <laughs> I thought it was better, but I thought it, I thought it was still pretty um uh, poorly executed maybe. Yes, yes, yes. It's just like the, of the two episodes and I think me me and I watched this last night actually which is a really bad sign when I watch it like four days after it comes out or three days yeah, after it comes yeah. out. Because um, usually I'm like, oh, I need to watch this. I need to watch this. It just feels like um, like half-baked maybe and just kind of shoddily put together. And there's some scenes where it's like you blink and you miss it and they just kind of expect you to understand what's going on. And it's not like... It's not an instance of they're distrusting the audience is smart. It's just like they're just doing a poor job of storytelling, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, but there were some moments that I thought were interesting. Um, but, you know, there's also some stuff where I'm just like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> Though I, I think Don I, Cheadle got another Emmy in this episode. <laughs> I don't know. That scene was interesting. Yeah, I, I have... Uh... A lot of thoughts about the acting in this episode, uh, really across the board. Oh man, uh, I can't wait. Yeah, I yeah. All right, let's, um, let's... but let me cop before we even start. Let me cop. I was dead fucking wrong about Gaia being cool. <laughs> Gaia <laughs> is clearly straight evil. <laughs> no uh is she though i don't know it's like there was like a little scene in this where she like reports their safe house right yeah but i th- uh, uh we'll see but i got the sense that that was solely to fuck over that one guy so she doesn't have any uh like just to secure her own position but what, maybe not maybe what did, not what did that one guy do i'm trying to remember because the guy that was being interrogated right Yes. Did he know something about her that? that well, she was he gave to... up. Well, he gave up. I don't know if she knew this, but he did give up some information. Oh. Um, and and the when she reported the safe house, I assume she knew that they would think it was him and kill him. 
So like, oh, like I, I, I don't, I don't I think gotcha. that's, I don't think that was, um, I think that was calculated by, on her part. I, okay. I didn't even put that together that that would have been like her motivation is to get the, the safe house discovered. And then Gravik would think that it was, uh, whatever that dude's name was. Brogan. Yeah. yeah. Brogan. Okay. Before we go, I'm through an this, American. Well, you know what? I, I understand why he said that, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Because obviously they're trying to sow dissent and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Shouting, funny, I'm an American though. like 17 <laughs> times. Before we go through it all the way in, in kind of beat by beat, I do love the idea that they're green aliens that are kind of in hiding. And they took that broken guy out into the middle of the forest and just shot him. But then left his body there. <laughs> yeah, his green ass alien body. Someone's gonna come across his scrawl ass body just laying there and be like, uh, "Hello." That didn't make a, a lick of sense to me. <laughs> That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. That's such a great point. It's like they're just gonna leave his body there. <laughs> He's a fucking scrawl. What are you doing? Oh my gosh! All right, but this whole episode opens up and it's like, boom, nineteen ninety five. And it just takes us through the entirety of Captain Marvel, essentially, right? Well, it's the entirety of Captain Marvel if Captain Marvel wasn't in it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Um, And so I thought that was interesting. I was like, did I miss this the first episode and this was just included on all of them? Yeah, it's weird. But then the reason they did this is that the episode opens two years later in 1997 where we see fury recruiting a bunch of scrawl refugees and we see him meet a young orphaned gravic whose parents had just died uh fighting a war on their home planet yeah uh, i sorry go ahead oh, i was just gonna say and uh they still nail his de-aging pretty well Uh, that's exactly what i was gonna say it looked really good i mean it's gotta be like sam jackson looks fucking unreal for his age i saw uh, a joke online that they're like the they actually don't de-age him uh that's just what he looks like normally and they have to put on makeup to make him look old yeah (laughs) yeah i i unironically it looks more awkward with that fake ass old man beard than it did with the digital de aging. I thought, <laughs> I thought yeah. the digital de aging looks like more convincing. I think they definitely the one good job they do is like whenever they do de age someone, I feel like they shoot it in a way that you don't get uh, too many up close and like personal shots. Maybe in Captain Marvel they did, but in this show it seemed like he was kind of always a little bit in the background kind of a little i don't know it's like you're not seeing his pores and shit where i feel like yeah it would get a little weird um but yeah i don't know he has this little speech where he basically is like if you guys will help me defend earth then i promise that captain marvel and i will find you a new home and so that's the deal that he makes with all these scrolls, which it seems like this is like his version of the early Avengers initiative, trying to get all the scrolls to help defend earth from whatever the fuck's out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Part of me is still like, man, as a retcon, it's just wild that we hadn't seen any scrolls for like 19 movies. 
and Nick Fury was keeping a really hella good secret, but you just have to let it go. Well, and then also later on, we learn also Rhodey was keeping that same secret for 15 fucking years. He knew about the scrolls. Like, Is that how many what? years he said? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Is 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 he a scroll? I don't yes, know. Yes, yes, 100% yes. No question. It's interesting. I did um we'll get to it, but I did love his scene with all the other countries. It was the most American shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Were they <laughs> Yeah, talking about carpet bombing what Slovakia? Yeah. Oh my it's gosh. Like, damn, dude, what did Slovakia do? <laughs> so American. All right, so we're back in the present after this little intro. Um, and what are we on a train? We're on this little yep, train yep, and yep, yep. Talos is, is some like Eastern European woman. And, uh, he has to like talk off these police that are looking for Nick Fury. They're like, Hey, we're looking for a black dude in, uh, in Russia. And, you know, he's like the only one apparently. Um, but he also has like crazy scars on the side of his face and yeah, don't me- yeah, don't mention the blatant deformity or. Uh... But I love how <laughs> they make a joke about it when Talos is like that uh, disguises that woman. She's like a black woman or a black man with an eye patch in Eastern Europe, and she's like, I think we would notice that if we saw it <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Well, no, he, he said uh, you'd be more likely to find an alien. That's right. <laughs> or some, That's something right. like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, in this conversation, like, Talos and Fury get into an argument because Talos reveals that there are at least a million Skrulls currently living on Earth. Yeah. And Nick Fury had no idea. And, I don't know. I, it is kind of shocking that he didn't know the scale of it all. This felt a little weird to me. This was the first scene that I viscerally hated. Like, everything about it. I hated the performances. I hated uh, the the whole idea behind, like, did... It seems like it, this would have made more sense if Fury had already known or suspected this. And he was yeah. playing, playing into that. It didn't make but sense it, to me. It just didn't make sense. Yeah. It didn't make any sense at all. Like, he welcomes some scroll refugees, but he has absolutely no idea how many of them are there. Yeah, and then he tells this little story about him and his mom going on trains from Alabama to Detroit and playing a game of tell me what I don't know, something I don't know, and then this is how they reveal it. But it's just like, I don't know, It just I don't take Fury to be the naive I don't know guy, and it just... It was weird. And then at the end, he just got really upset and was like, you should get off the train. That's the, like, none of this scene made absolutely any sense to me. It's like, was he, did he initially just think he was having like a normal conversation? Or was he trying to do an interrogation that whole time? And it was just like a really weird lead up to it, trying to put Talos off guard. Yeah. If he was trying to do an interrogation, what why like why now after so many years of knowing him is like hey i bet there's way more scrolls than i actually think like i'm still confused as to what the hell he was doing on that space station with yeah the that's never yeah 
That's Man. never really been explained at all. This, I just didn't, I didn't like any part of this. All of this felt weird. There was a lot of scenes. Okay, maybe this is it too. There's a lot of scenes in this episode that played out like scenes in a show or a movie and not in a way of something that would actually happen. Sometimes I feel this way about when people get yeah. into arguments in movies and shows where I'm just like, that wouldn't happen like that. In real yeah, life. like the tone switch up is like instant and makes no sense. <laughs> also, in, in, it's worth noting that the only way that Nick Fury got on and off that train is because it happened off screen because there's very yeah, little yeah. explanation for that either. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. And so he's all pissed about it, and so he's just like, get off the train, I'm gonna ride the rest on my own. That's his That's his approach, because it seems like that would be what a very emotionally immature person would do. Yeah, also, here's, and this is more a larger question for the entire theme behind this show. Um, although maybe it's, like, intentional as part of, like, I mean, it seems pretty clear the show really wants to be talking about, like, uh, racism and, you know, xenophobia and, and shit like that. However, it's, well, so, so maybe this is intentional, but if it's not intentional, seems like a pretty big oversight that New Asgardia exists on Earth just fucking fine. Nobody cares at all. Everybody knows about it. And that's an alien race. Whoopsie doopsie. Yeah, that assimilated no problem. But like maybe maybe it is because like the scrolls look different, which like if that's the point they're trying to make, I understand that, but make that way more obvious. Don't just like sweep that under the rug. Yeah. I mean we'll also get to this, but for a show to remember something that occurs in the Thor of the Dark World post credit sequence, but not remember that. I don't know. You, what Remind me what happened in the Thor of the Dark World post credit sequence. Um, so you know how in Thor of the Dark World they have all these portals. Yes. Um, and they're all kind of opening up in that little abandoned warehouse in London. We find out that one of the frost giant's beast things is still on Earth, and we just see it running through that little uh, abandoned area at the very end. And so, like, there's just like a beast from like, that's right, the frost that's right, planet that's right. or whatever yep. still there. And so, we'll get to that as well. There's there's okay. a lot to unpack in this one. Okay. Um, but shortly after this, this is another qualm I have: is we get. Nick Fury meeting with Maria Hill's mother. Mm-hmm. And man, she's just uh she's pretty upset. And blames the wrong person. I don't know. I always struggle. It's like, it's your fault that someone else killed my so and so. And I'm yeah. like, bruh, it's he's fucking Nick Fury. Did he set off the bombs? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand. How some first of all, I still don't think Maria Hill's dead. Or if she is, she'll she's coming back by the end of this series. Um But I understand how grief like you need an outlet for grief sometimes. And yes. 
if you can't find the correct outlet, then you just take it out on whoever the closest one you can, which would I understand how that would happen. But yeah, you're super right that it's uh, not not the right uh, target there. I feel like we didn't really even see Nick get super, super upset about it. I did like the scene where we had uh, Talos kind of impersonating what would be like a an FSB Russian police kind of guy and pulling him into that truck. That was kind of an interesting little thing at the beginning. I don't think I realized that. So at the very beginning, um, right after the bombs are exploding, like Nick is like right over her body and he's like really distressed. And then oh, we and s- that. Yep, 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 yep. I thought that that was pretty good. Yes. Um, but here's here's my honestly, I think one of my biggest qualms from this episode is we saw like those three bombs go off, right? And this may be me jumping ahead slightly, but uh, in the conversation with Don Cheadle, Rody, whatever you want to call him, um, he mentions that two thousand people died in that attack. And that it'll probably be way more once they clean up all the rubble. According to Captain America's Civil War, only 74 people died in the Battle of New York. And the battle (laughs) with the Sokovia Accords and everything, that claimed 177 lives. And so... I don't understand the numbers there because those explosions were pretty small. Nick Fury was right there when they exploded. Like, it, it's not like they were, like, dirty, dirty bombs that, like, were, like, irradiated and shit. Like, I just... 2,000, and that's, like, a low number because they're expecting more deaths to come up. And that's versus the 74 people that died in a full-fledged Chitauri invasion of, of Manhattan. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense at all. So I don't get that because those were the shittiest explosions. Uh, I mean, whatever, but (laughs) they didn't seem big enough. Like there weren't that many people there. No, it wasn't like a building falling down. You know, it's just like to have over to have over um, 2000 people dying. I mean, like that's that's essentially like the World Trade Centers, right? Yeah. And uh, not to compare like an actual tragic event to what they showed in the show, which is completely fake and about green aliens, but it's just like the numbers <laughs> between what Civil War gave for the Battle of New York versus this, I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. There was not 2,000 people there to die because of these three little backpack bombs. But maybe I'm just getting a little too. No, I think that's fair. It. I think that's a, that's a very fair criticism. It just doesn't like. If you want to have 2,000 people die, you have to make it look like it. And it just didn't. Agreed. Agreed. I don't know. It was just like, it looked like a, a Russian fair in a square and three small little bombs went off, which would be terrible. But like, that would probably kill less than 50 people. Yeah. But whatevs, I guess. Agreed. I don't know. Um, here's a question for you. I have this, fe- I have no evidence to support this. Other than visual evidence, but or visual suspicion, it's not evidence. But I highly suspect 
that the Nick Fury we see in the train car and with Rhodey and the Nick Fury we see talking to Maria Hill's mom, one of them is a scroll. One of them is not actually Nick Fury. Interesting. Which and one? And it's only because, I'm not sure which one, but it's because in the train car, Nick Fury's suited up. He's got that cool fucking hat. Yeah, he looks dope, dude. Then he goes to see Maria Hill's mom, and he's back. He's back in the beanie and the in the classic Nick Fury look. And then very next scene, he's in that exact same suit again with the hat. So it's like, did you just like change in and out of this, in and out of this? You took off the suit to go to a funeral, <laughs> and then you put it back on to go meet with Rhodey in secret. No, they also, that doesn't make any fucking sense. They also need to show, we need an entire episode of him like going to the airport, waiting in line, getting on a plane, going to wherever the fuck that one was at, <laughs> you know. Maybe that was in Russia. I don't know. I would assume that would be on friendly friendly ground somewhere because they had... The, yeah, the you funeral, know. you mean? Yeah. Yep, like, yep, right yep. outside. But yeah, it's just like, he was bouncing all over the place, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think we're going to see at the end of this series a bunch of scenes where it's like, oh, in this scene, it actually was a scroll. Oh, man. I don't even know, man. We, uh, there's just so much going on here. We got like a scroll council. Yep. That yep. we don't quite, I don't know, they don't really give us much there. So Gravik goes and meets with the scroll council. And it seems like a bunch of important people in the world, or at least high-profile people, yes. are scrolls. That includes basically the MCU version of Fox News. Yep. Uh, played by Shooter McGavin. Yeah. <laughs> which, man, just a, a great actor. Yeah. Um, and then the UK Prime Minister. Yep. The head of NATO. Um... I'm assuming what, like, was it like the Indian prime minister or something? The woman that I'm, dissented? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, let's see. Uh, councilwoman Shirley Sugar. What a name. <laughs> what a name. Oh, my God. Let me, let me do a quick little. <laughs> Shirley Sugar. Shirley Sugar. That, that is, that's got to be a character from the comics. No chance they made that up oh, for the Sager, show. Sager, sorry. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I wish it was Shirley Sugar. Yeah, Shirley Sugar would have been a way better name. <laughs> um, let's see. Scroll, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they don't really say. They just say that she's a powerful, authoritative, authoritative figure whose identity has been stolen by scrolls. So all these people, they have their bodies somewhere. Right. Yeah, he, that's the implication. And so we have NATO, we have the British Prime Minister, we have the head of a news network. We don't know who Shirley Sugar is uh, <laughs> in charge of. And then, what, one other person, I think? I think one or maybe two, but, they, but they're not mentioned as to who they are. So let me get this straight. Gravik goes into the Scroll Council, and apparently Talos used to be on the council. Some, some sort. Maybe when he was in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. I don't know. Or whatever. And Gravik wants to basically get rid of a democracy that exists on the court where they all 
vote on what they're going to do, and he wants to be the Skrull general. And in order to intimidate the head of NATO, who is a Skrull right now, he just has like a strong guy just judo chop his neck. And that's just like, <laughs> that's all it takes. You don't have well, your own bodyguards here at all? I just like, I don't. I, I think maybe it. it was like, I took that to mean like, you don't know who I have in my pocket. I have everybody in my pocket. You don't have shit. So you better listen. Yeah. It just, uh, it could have been, I don't know. I feel like they could have done that better. I just, I was like, okay, judo chop. Okay. I'll do what you want. <laughs> because at that point, like the dude does have NATO, right? A scroll can still just be killed by getting shot with a gun. Yeah, but, I mean, how are you going to mobilize NATO on a a terrorist sect? I mean, that happens in real life. It's like, it's impossible. That's why terrorist groups are so hard to fight in the first place, because they just, like, uh, a lot of times they're not an identifiable army, even less so if they're shapeshifters. Here's what I would do, right? I would okay, assume the people. I would assume the people on the Scroll Council know where Gravik is at, or have a general idea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would play along in my little Scroll Council and say, "Yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll be NATO guy, or I'll be Shirley Sugar, right?" And uh, which is her name forever at this point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was like, "Man, what an interesting name for like an Indian or Pakistani woman to have, Shirley Sugar." Uh, cigar makes more sense. S A G A R. I'd play along, and then I would get on the phone the moment I left, and carpet bomb his ass. What do you, I mean? Just just kill him. I don't know. It, it's not that yeah, hard. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just being I'm nitpicking fucking everything today. Um, well, that, yeah. I, I mean, I get it, but also like the argument against that would be like, yeah, but there are like refugees that yeah. haven't done shit there not everybody there is like a warrior part of the cause or whatever it is uh yeah i don't know it's interesting and so he becomes the scroll general um and there's only one dissenting woman i did like one thing that gravik said here is when shirley sugar dissents he's like if i had a hundred of you i could like take over the world yep which i was like okay yeah that's good um, she's probably going to die, but like immediately after leaving the meeting, she calls Talos, like within earshot of other scrolls, <laughs> to arrange a meeting between, he wants to, Talos wants to have a meeting between him and Gravik, which, I don't know. What are you going to say to him? I don't really, you know, we'll find out, I suppose, but it just seems yeah. like a bad idea to me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. He's the scroll general now, so he can just do whatever yeah. he wants. He is the supreme chancellor. He's been granted emergency powers by the Senate. Never, never uh, ends well after that. No, no, it certainly doesn't. All right, let's move to your favorite scene. Oh, my God. Because we see the scene with Don Cheadle, and he is talking to all the heads of state, and he's just being an, an ass to him in the most American way possible, where he's just like, yeah, the president isn't summoned. We're the biggest military, biggest, strongest country in the world. I'm here as a courtesy. And then he makes a joke. He's like, if Slovakia keeps giving me that side eye, I'm going to carpet bomb their ass. Um, he went full Tony. He went full Tony. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a, right, a really good comparison. He really did. Um, and, you know, 
in in some instances, I would say rightfully so, almost. It's sure. just like, I guess I downplayed the whole attack because to me, I was like, well, maybe 15 people died, but apparently like 4,000 did. Yeah. Um, And so that's poor storytelling on their part because the scale was completely off. Um, And so after this meeting, Nick Fury calls him and Don Cheadle... Sorry, I always just call him Don Cheadle because Don Cheadle is such a badass. Um, (laughs) He suggests a meetup at some bar, which is like the nicest fucking restaurant bar probably in Russia I've ever seen. Um, And so they meet. Wait, that oh, wasn't no, that's in, in, in London, right? Is it yeah, London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can't tell the difference because it's all shot in London. <laughs> so they meet in London, and then I will take a step back for a moment if you want to talk about this. Yeah, okay. So I understand that I could be um, talking out of my ass here. And if I am, that's that's fine. Usually are. Yeah, I usually am. I usually am. And and maybe this is something I shouldn't even be speaking on to begin with. But this whole scene to me felt like a white writer's interpretation of the black experience. And interesting. And it fucking was so cringe to me that. I honestly could not even believe that Don Cheadle and Sam Jackson did it. Uh, like, it it just seemed so, like, base level and so, like, missing the point. Now, there were a few. The one line I, I really loved was, um, like, the, the reason we wrestled this power away from mediocre men who didn't look like us was not so that we could then give it to mediocre men who do. And I was yes. like, that's a, that's a bar. That's a fucking bar and a half yes. for sure. hundred um, percent. For sure. But like in general, it just, it just felt one. I don't think Nick Fury <laughs> would play the race card like that. That's it. Just seemed it just seemed a little out of left field, brother. Yeah, like like, hey, brother, hook hook me up. It's like, what? You're Nick Fury. You don't have a better tactic than this. Like, that's a little weird. And it just the the whole. I get like people are talking about this scene as if like these are like the greatest performances they've ever seen, and I just thought the whole scene was so cringe. And actually, I looked up the writers for this episode and every single one that had an image that I could find was white. And, yep. and I just, and I just feel like I could just, <laughs> there's just the stench of whiteness all over this scene. And for anybody listening, like I'm white, we're both white. So like, this is not, this is not like a, it's just, I just don't, it didn't feel authentic. And and it, there and I don't even know if I can necessarily put my finger on exactly what didn't feel authentic about it, but something about it was like, oh, I don't know about this. Like I see what they're going for, but I do I do not think they are uh, hitting the mark here. And and it, and and it was it's almost like because it was close, but it didn't quite hit the mark. Yeah. It almost made it more cringe. And I was like, oh, I, think that's I don't what like it was. this. I do not like watching this. It was a weird scene. I thought Don Cheadle did a good job acting in it. 
not not really making a comment on like the actual content of what he sure, was saying. Sure, 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 sure. I did really like the line that you just mentioned where we didn't grasp this from mediocre, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember the line exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't nail it, but it was something along. Yeah, yeah. You, you had a good take on it. Um, I liked that line a lot, but a lot of the rest of the conversation just felt odd for some reason. And I don't know yeah. if that's because... Rody is a scrawl or Nick Fury is a scrawl. I don't know. That's the that's the weird thing about this show is that yeah. you have a million choices you can make because <laughs> anyone can be someone else at any point. Yeah. Um but yeah, what is another question? What is Nick Fury's role with the government exactly? That what a great question cuz who fucking knows. I did also love the the even when I'm Nick Fury, even when I'm out, I'm still in. Oh, I hated it. You hated that? I, <laughs> I loved hated, that I thought line. It was so cringe. It was like, dude, why did you do this? Say, oh, I hated it so, so, Oh, man. So That's like the much. most Nick Fury shit ever, though. Like, the, the best part about Nick Fury in the comics is you probably don't need to say that part out loud, but he will yeah, always make yeah. you underestimate him. And you'll be like, man, what the fuck is he doing? Like, this is like going to be a disaster. And then he always tricks you and he always beats you. Yes. That's yes. Nick Fury. That's his entire character. Underestimate him and then he'll fucking just wipe your shit. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think you're right in that. Like, there was some good parts in this, but the writing was just not quite good enough, which made it feel very like in your face. Like, hey, this is what we're trying to talk about. And it just was off. Another thing that added to that, and every if you don't believe me, go listen to this. That Go listen or watch this scene again, knowing what I'm about to say. The editing for this scene is laughably bad to the point where there are multiple times where they deliberately change the shot to behind Sam Jackson while he's talking so they can then horribly overdub different audio than what he was actually saying. And like, you can hear the cuts. It's awful. It's fucking awful. Yeah, there was like, a few scenes in this episode where I could really notice that. Like, I understand every, you overdub audio all the time. Like, it's TV, that happens all the time. But like, it cannot be that obvious, especially during a scene that you are so desperately trying to give so much emotional weight and yeah. it's already coming off as like false and then you fuck it up even worse with like the worst audio editing like i'm i'm i'll say i'm good to great at audio editing but i shouldn't be even close to hollywood level of audio editing and i guarantee i could do a thousand times better than what was presented in this scene like that's not that should not be the case at all I usually like in TV shows I'll notice I'll notice maybe once maybe twice when you could tell they had to overdub some audio and it just doesn't quite line up as much as they would like but yeah it happened a few times in this episode where I was just like okay like someone needs to fix something here because that's just like you can't you can't have it happening that often it's crazy it's crazy unless maybe they're like finishing these episodes like the day before they air which <laughs> would which wouldn't surprise me at oh all gosh, unfortunately just wait man just wait yeah it's yeah fine. i don't understand 
like going to the last minute if that's the case. But yeah, it is a little weird. And then we see Rhodey like fire Nick Fury from a job. We don't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's not the director of sword anymore, clearly. I or maybe he is. I don't know. No, like Nobody we don't even know. Knows. We don't even really know what sword is. Right. Really? I, right. Like this scene holds zero weight on any level. We Literally. Have, we have had no idea who Nick Fury has been working for since the collapse of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Do we? No. I, I, don't. I don't think there's been Maybe any confirmation. <laughs> like we knew that Maria Hill was working for like the CIA or something. We saw her like walking into a CIA interview at one point, but then she's just <laughs> been with him the entire time. And yeah. so I feel like the MCU hasn't known what to do with Nick. He just shows up and just generic know. spy guy. Yeah. Well, and also obviously like the, the, the thing from Captain Marvel, he's like, people call me Fury. And I was like, I feel like a lot of people call him Nick still. Um, like Maria calls him Nick and Rhodey calls him Nick in this one. And it's really hard to tell like if that's supposed to be like, Oh, this person's a scroll because it really wasn't until Captain Marvel that he's like, people call me Fury. And I'm like, I don't know that they do, though. You know? Yeah. Maybe that is a bit of a tell. I I was watching a um, uh, like a like a things you missed kind of video on this on this episode. And I did not catch this in retrospect. It's hilariously obvious. But um. They are pretty much everybody who is a scroll is like always wearing green. So keep an eye out for that, everyone. Oh my god, are you serious? Um, yeah, yeah. It's like it's so obvious in in retrospect, but uh, Jesus. But keep an eye out for green clothing and or jewelry, and those those will be your scrolls. It goes nice with my eyes. Yep. Um, <laughs> probably like my favorite performance of this episode was Olivia Coleman. Um and she plays okay. someone within the British intelligence. Um and we see her kind of interrupt an interrogation of the Skrull rebel Brogan and it looks like like the FSB or some form of the Russian government is interrogating him in like an old meat kitchen. Yeah. And she just walks in and that guy's like, the door was locked. And she's like, and, and now it's unlocked. And she just kind of walks in and does her thing. And I just love, uh, I love Olivia Coleman as an actress just because whatever she's in, she's always this like, kind of like uh, a tough, scary woman in some way or another. Not always the same way, but uh, she has a great character in the show Fleabag, which if anyone's not seen that, I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, she just kind of walks in and the Russian guy's like, oh, I've tried everything. We've thrown everything at him. And she just kind of kicks them all out and was like, let me do this. By the way, where's your ex- escape hatch, right? And um, and so she ends up going in there. And she just immediately chops off his finger. Yeah. It's like, damn, I wasn't expecting that in a <laughs> Disney show. Gross. Um, but yeah, she chops it off and it immediately turns green. She's like, well, now that we've gotten that out of our way. The entire time she like plays it so light you know it's like she's like just having like a brunch with a friend or something yeah she's like the the mary poppins of torture yeah which i love (laughs) that for her um and so she ends up locking everything locking them in and and 
obviously Brogan tries it like freaking her out, but he's I'm gonna rip out of these chains, I'm gonna tear every bone from your body. But she ends up injecting him basically with some serum that boils his blood uh to like 160 degrees or something like that. And that allows her to basically get any information out of him. So clearly she has some strong knowledge of scrolls, has had experience with them and knows what she can do in order to hurt them, which is interesting to me. I think I fully understand. I'm absolutely falling into the trap that this show wants everyone to fall into, which is assuming everyone's a scroll, but I think she's gotta be a scroll, right? I don't know. That's a good question. I would like her not to be, but maybe she could be like a scroll that is not happy with Gravik and his plan that's, and everything. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That would make more sense because how how did I mean, British intelligence, I would assume has a lot of knowledge of this type of stuff, but sure. She just seems way too put together and way too knowledgeable about what's going on. Yeah. Um to really do that. And if there are a million scrolls, right? All people are different people. They're not just going to all be like, yeah, let's do what Gravik wants to do. And I would assume that most of them don't really know exactly what he's doing behind the scenes either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a million people is a lot of people. And let me tell you, if I was in a room with a million people, I'd probably disagree with most of them on a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would probably make sense. Um, one scene that kind of really drove me crazy, too, in this one is um, she starts interrogating him. She finds out that Gravik is building some machine that Brogan thinks is to strengthen the scrolls. Um, and it's being worked on by a scientist couple called the Daltons. Mm. Um, we see them briefly when Gaia is kind of snooping around. And this is what makes me confused about her character is she's like snooping around trying to figure stuff out. She's also killing like 2000 people at the same time. It just doesn't make sense. Um, but she finds some information on a computer, uh, near where those scientists are working and we see that they have four different types of DNA or whatever you want to call it. Oh, four, you say? Four. Oh, what an interesting number. Yeah. And so this show has figured out how to introduce the Super Scroll <laughs> in the weirdest way possible. Yeah. So in the comic books, there's a character or characters that are basically called Super Scrolls. And I think it was originally just one character, yeah, right? Yeah, this was in Daniel Abnett and uh, Lanning. I can't remember the first guy. Abnett and Lanning's uh, cosmic stuff. And there's Super Scroll, and he has powers that are basically all four of the Fantastic Four characters' powers all in one person. So he's got, you know, the Mr. Fantastic, like, stretchy stuff. He's got the Thing kind of super strength. He's got Human Torch, and he's got... The Invisible Woman, right? So, in this show, we see that they have DNA samples from Call Obsidian, which, man, I'm sure barely anyone recognizes that name. That's that big, <laughs> gigantic guy that was part of Thanos' Black Order um, that gets his hand chopped off when it goes through uh, Doctor Strange's little sling ring hole. Um, 
we see Groot. So I don't, I don't, I don't like the phrase "Doctor Strange's little sling ring hole." Yeah, <laughs> there you makes go. Me uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm still, as much as I think that that movie is is perfect, I'm still mad that they showed Doctor Strange cutting off someone's hand, and then that wasn't how they got the Infinity Gauntlet away yeah. from Thanos. <laughs> yeah. It seems like uh, a Chekhov's gun that wasn't fulfilled. Um, yeah. So they got Call Obsidian. They got Groot, which I would assume was from the same movie because Groot was fighting in Wakanda, maybe. Uh, so maybe that was what that's from, or in the final battle with Thanos. Um, we got Extremis, which that would be pretty easy. And then we have the Frost Beast from the after credit scene slash the ending of Thor the Dark World. Yeah. And so some intern somewhere had to watch every single part of the MCU to figure out how we can get the super scroll without any of the fantastic four. Cause I would assume <sighs> call obsidian is the thing. Big yep. strong dude. Groot is Reed since he has like arms that can extend and stretch and stuff like that. Extremis is the human torch. Very similar kind of flamey powers. And then somehow the Frost Beast is Invisible Woman. Maybe because they're Frost Beasts or something, they can like turn invisible because of the temperature. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah. maybe they'll just have Frost Powers instead. Yeah. That's probably what they'll do instead of being invisible. And so the idea is that Gravik is likely making some form of Super scroll based on all of those different people. I don't know. It's... I don't know. It's fine, I guess. Yeah, I think that's fine. That does that doesn't really very creative me. choices, I would say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily hate them, and especially because if the first villain, really, if there was ever a Fantastic Four movie where the main villain was a Super Scroll, what? why it's boring so like, it's a boring yeah. thing already i've never been a big fan of super scroll person yeah so i i think it's fine it's probably fine i didn't have a huge problem with uh with that that revelation in the episode i don't think i think they maybe call call obsidian by his name once and even then i'm not sure if they really do um it's just uh yeah between that and the Frost Beast, I'm like, man, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel for this. Yeah. Which is interesting because they changed, um, in the comics, Call Obsidian was actually called Black Dwarf. Um, oh, really? <laughs> I don't know why they changed it. Probably because Dwarf maybe is just like a little bit of a, I don't know. It, it's a weird name. I think Call Obsidian is a better name probably. Yeah. But Agreed. I think there might have been I think there might have been a guy called Call Obsidian 2 and they just switched the names. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I think there was another guy called Call Obsidian. I can't remember. But um he he was a comic character for sure. And so yeah, I don't know. They're working on that, I guess. This uh graphic guy is doing a lot of stuff, but really what pissed me off the most <laughs> <laughs> now to get uh, 10 minutes later yeah no tell me <laughs> okay so your your guy is being interrogated and yeah. so you have to go get him and we find out later he's just gonna fucking kill him because he just needs to cover up his tracks right yeah 
You are the Scrawl General. And you yourself are going to go fight a bunch of dudes with guns with, like, one other guy to go get this other Scrawl and kill... Like, one of those guys could have just shot Gravik in the head and boom, done. Roll the credits. This show is over. Yeah. That may not... Like, you're the Scroll General and you haven't learned how to delegate yet? <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean... I assume, and this is not like an excuse, like that's an extremely valid point, but my assumption is just like, it's just the classic, you want something done right, you gotta do it yourself. Yeah. And and maybe maybe that particular guy, but again, like if it was a good, they should have explained this, but like I can headcanon away, like maybe that guy had very specific information that Gravik really needed to not leak. Um, which obviously he was too fucking late because it because it did right. Um, well, it's like then don't send him to your explosion. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, and and I I also like explained it away where it's like you have to have the bad guy go do bad guy stuff. Yes, and I will say this: I thought one, I thought it was pretty badass how he timed the shot with like the meat cleaver. Yeah, that was pretty good. That That was was pretty pretty cool. However, it was immediately undermined by the fact that this guy fell backwards into a million pots and pans, which would have been so fucking loud, but they still held the little bell on the door. No sense. No sense. But, but forgetting all of that, I think the fight scene actually was pretty good and and pretty cool. Yes. I I, I thought it was a decent fight scene. I thought it was a better than decent fight scene. It it was good. It was good. I have absolutely no qualms with the fight scene whatsoever. It's just the fact that one shot hitting him. Like, guns, guns are wildly unpredictable. People do not have good aim. It's so hard to shoot someone well with a handgun at a... Anything more than like 15 feet. And even something just ricocheting will kill somebody. And so it's just like, I know scrolls are a little bit stronger, but a gunshot will just kill them. And so for this guy that is going up the power, you know, fi- you know, judo chopping the head of NATO. Sorry, I'm going to hold on to that one for the rest of my life. <laughs> to just go into like a bunch of like what I would assume is like Russian FSB agents with just one other, you know, scroll jabroni. And risk himself dying is crazy to me. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't you know? make sense. And so, yeah, he's just like, hey, did you tell him anything? And the guy's like, no, I didn't tell him anything. And then we kind of get full circle to where you said that uh, Gaia had their safe house found out, probably to make him look like he ratted them out. And they just go shoot his scrolled head in the middle of a forest <laughs> yeah. somewhere and just leave his green ass body for someone else to find because that's normal yeah and so yeah i don't know it's it's a weird thing i do love like going through all that trouble just to uh drive in a really packed small sedan and just kill him anyways but uh yeah i don't know very wild but that leads us to the last scene, which is Nick Fury going home. Mm-hmm. Which, man, what a nice house. Yeah, whatever he's doing for the government fucking pays. Yeah, we don't know. We have no idea. And uh, 
he's married to a scroll. Yeah. And unconfirmed, but seems to be the same scroll from the intro that introduced him to Gravik. Yes. Yeah. So it seems like he's been working with her for over 20 years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the beginning, we see just like a scroll kind of chopping up some food. And then when he goes in, it, it is implied that he knows she's a scroll. Yeah, he has to. There's no way to. a scroll could fool Nick Fury. Well, especially in intimately. Yes. And especially if it if it is the same scroll from the intro, like he knows there's there's just no way he wouldn't know that's the same person. Yes. Yeah. And so that's super interesting and kind of ties into them. They've 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 taken uh it's like they're like interracial relationships. Hell no, we're going interspecies, baby. Oh yeah, baby. And so yeah, I don't know how that works out, man. Um, I saw some really funny comments online that I probably can't repeat on this podcast. Um, but yeah, super interesting, super interesting. Um, I kind of like it though. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'll be interested to see like what the deal is there. Like, yeah, I, I need, I need to know more. I need to know more. Are they going to do are they going to do absolutely nothing with this cuz that is a possibility. <laughs> yeah, you never you never know, man. Yeah. You never know. I'm assuming that we'll get some more of that. I was more honestly, I was more distracted by how fucking nice this house was. Yeah, it was really nice. Oh, it just reminded me of the fact that that I am not a millionaire and I will never have a house like that, but uh man, there's just houses and movies that one of my I just love houses. In movies and TV shows, and in real life, quite frankly, I was really what I was trying to say. Yeah. And so, man, sometimes in, especially in the MCU, and just in other movies in general, you're like, this person would never have this house. Like, Paul Rudd's house in the Ant-Man movies (laughs) is probably like $8 million, and he didn't even have a job. (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, what a beautiful home. Kind of like you know, like mid-century modern kind of deal going on. It's so all yeah. like, oh, she's a scroll, whatever. Let me see some more of that house. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> Show us the good stuff. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Should be interesting, I suppose. Him being married to a scroll. Yeah. But yeah, she made him put his ring back on. That was kind of funny. Yeah, can't be can't be doing that, Nick. Got to keep that ring on. Well, I think he he's keeping the, probably this all like deep deep cover, especially after you know the whole thing with with uh, Clint having a secret family and stuff like that. He probably took some cues there, um, because the last thing a, a secret agent wants to have is a weak spot, and that's about as weak as it gets. Yeah, he has. I we did know that Nick Fury was married, or at least we knew that he said he was because he told. Uh, Captain America about his wife in the Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier movie. Yeah, gotcha. I forgot. I forgot what he said about her. I think he just said something about, oh, oh, my wife kicked me out of the house, and uh, and Cap was like, I didn't know you were married. Oh, right. When uh, when he's trying to play it cool, when he realizes that yeah. Shield's been infiltrated. Man, what a great movie! It's so good. It's I so think good. I called that one a nine out of ten last week. And uh, I was wrong. I've been thinking about it ever since we talked about it. We were talking about like which movies were 10 out of 10, I think, yeah. very briefly. 
And that movie is a 10 out of 10. Yeah, sure. I, I would agree that it's really, really fucking good. Especially if you don't know that reveal, man. That yep. twist. Oh, yep, yep. I can only imagine. Can only the imagine. best. All right. Anything else that we want to touch on? Episode two. Um, let me check my notes here. Oh, why? I'll be very interested to see. What is the significance of Gaia being named Gaia, which is the word for Mother Earth? Like is is she gonna oh, is be that the, what that means, huh? Yeah, yeah. Is she gonna be? I probably ultimately she'll end up being good, but like, is that just? I don't know. Why name a a character Gaia? It seems by the end of this show, I feel like that will just be painfully obvious as to why. But like. As of right now, it's like, why? What is her role in, in the staying at Earth for the Skrulls? I find it adorable that you think this mid-ass show is going to give us a solid answer. <laughs> no, I think I think it will because it's a yeah. mid-ass show. I, I I think it's like so heavily telegraphed. Like, name a character Gaia? She Come will, on! She will become the mother of the Earth Skrulls and lead them... Towards oh fuck! Peace. You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. I really think you just nailed it. Oh man! I well, really think you just nailed. That it. That was a whole three seconds of thought there, and I'm sure they think it's real deep. I don't hey, know. Hey, hey! Here's 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 oh, totally out of left field theory. Oh, I can't wait. What? <laughs> This, there's no way this happens, but like it's there's a non-zero chance. What if Gaia somehow becomes Sue Storm? Jesus Christ. I feel like I feel like Amelia Clark would be very solid casting for a Sue Storm. Yeah, I mean I think she can pull it, off mostly anything. She's yeah. a pretty good actress. She looks so tiny still in this in this show. She, she's a small human. Yeah. She's a small human. I think there's an absolute zero chance that that happens, but, uh, you know. It I rem- just feel like maybe, like, something fucks up. Maybe she goes to get super scrolled. Maybe something fucks up. Maybe it only gives her light manipulation powers. And, and then uh, she has a brother that turns into a flames. Yeah. This theory is brought to you by the same people that thought Phil Coulson would become the vision. Oh yeah, which is which is not also not an insane theory. Yeah, that was wild at the time. I remember someone made like a a clay bust of of Phil Coulson's head as the I vision. remember. I remember. Man. Well, that was when we had to wait like 9 months between a single movie. <laughs> yeah. And then we yeah. get another single movie and now there's just a bunch of shit and I don't know. I don't like this show, which is very sad. <laughs> I apologize I think, to everyone that is enjoying it. No, I think, like, I see the potential there. I don't think it's totally, like, unsavable. I think, I think, like many MCU shows, like every MCU show, in fact, I think the, the last half will be better than the first half. And I think probably the second to last episode will be great and there'll be so much revealed and then the last episode will be disappointing because that's just how every single one of the, these shows are always and always will be. But like, 
I, I don't think it's unsavable. I, I see what it's trying to do. And it's not yeah. so far. Part of the reason why it's so annoying to me is because to me, it's close. It's just not hitting the mark in a way where it's like, it's almost like uncanny valley of like. It's, it's getting close to clandestines territory for me. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. Miss Marvel. Oh, man. For all the hate that She-Hulk got, man, this show is nowhere near as good as that one. Mm, I, I don't know. I think it's so different. Yeah, it is. I, I, just... I like She-Hulk more than you did, but I, I think that it's hard to compare. I'm just I'm just bitter at this point because I just wanted this show to be better and I hope yeah, it gets that's better. Fair. We'll that's see. That's fair. I think it's there's a strong chance it gets better. There's a lot of setup going on and it yes. already feels like they were trying to push too much down the pipe and it's just kind of like sputtering out in a million different directions and it's not executed with grace and it's just kind of I also think they need to stop releasing these weekly. It sucks. Let drop them all. Let us binge them. Yeah, a lot of people say like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a lot better all in one. I'll never go back and watch it all. But me uh, neither. But I believe it. It couldn't be worse. Yeah, no, it probably (laughs) would be better. You know. Yeah, and I think this would. would be better too if we could just go like. You can forgive a lot of the annoyances when you can just burn through and like then the good parts stick in your brain more. Whereas like if you have a week to think about how mediocre that was, then you're like not even excited for the next week. Yeah, it's just in, in, you know, I watch these with with Mia and it's like another good barometer for me where I would tell like she's like, man, I would be fine not watching this, which is bad. (laughs) yeah which is bad for marvel because you know obviously like i'm a super nerd she enjoys them but like i'm a nerd about it and she's a little bit more casual which probably represents like probably more of the layman approach watching this and if she's like man this show is just not hitting it for me she'd be done if we weren't watching it so take that for what you will all right you ready to rate this guy i'm ready all right, as we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate our shows, special presentations, movies, whatever the fuck it is, out of six whole Infinity Stones. Last week, I gave episode one a three. This one's a three for me, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give, I don't remember what I gave it last week. I gave it a four or five last week. I think I gave it a five. Last week, you gave, let me see. You gave it a five last week. Yeah, that this one's a two for me. Wow, it's uh, it was like borderline offensive at some parts. <laughs> I just uh, I feel a little bit better. I was starting to get that crazy feeling again, where I'm like, why do I hate everything? No, 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 no. But not uh, even last week. Like, and I still stand by. I I I enjoyed the episode last week. Um, but I totally understand the criticisms against it but and like i also totally understand i felt weirded out by the parts that everybody seemed to love this week but like i get why someone would see that like don Cheadle and sam jackson just having an intense conversation even if the writing in my opinion was dog shit 
like that's still two actors doing their thing that are like really good at what they do. So like I yeah. understand if you're not as into that kind of shit as like we are, then maybe you just see that and you're like, wow, this is great. And that's valid. But like and also very high chance I'm overthinking it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, yeah. I think that's so, fair too. Yeah. And, and like I, I I'm totally willing to accept that. But uh but it just it did not work for me at all. At all. Yeah. I, I definitely like comparing the scene with Rhodey that he got an Emmy an, an Emmy award for. He actually got the Emmy for it in Falcon and the Winter Soldier versus this one. I thought this one was better. Um, but it was also just because like the scene he was in in the other show was like so quick. <laughs> it was like nothing. That it was yeah. nothing. Yeah. He had more to work with in this one, even though I didn't think the scene ultimately clicked for me. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's hard for two bona fide actors, you know, like award winning yeah. actors. Yeah. To like capital a, a actors. <laughs> yeah. And it'd be bad i didn't think it was yeah. bad i thought like the characterization of it was weird i thought the writing got a little bit weird where i'm just like people don't talk like this and this is doesn't make sense but i still thought i was like okay don Cheadle's hitting it for sure he's doing the best he can yes with what he's getting yes and so yeah. there's that so all right rough times episode two hopefully it picks up all these shows i i know even for the shows that I wasn't super big fan of Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They had episodes I enjoyed still um, yeah. within them and, and a lot of moments I enjoyed. So I'm hoping that this picks up a little bit. It's, uh, yeah, just. I think it will. I think it will. I'm, I'm, I'm vibing off your optimism. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's move on to recommendations. You got anything good for us? Um... Ah, man, I probably should have put any amount of thought into this. Let's say I'm going to... Have I recommended Tears of the Kingdom, the new Zelda game yet? Probably. I don't know if you formally did. I think we mentioned it. I can't remember if you formally did or not. I'm going to... I mean, this is not a surprise to anyone who's even kind of dialed into video games, but it's a fucking masterpiece. It's one of the greatest games ever made. Uh, Sequel to Breath of the Wild, which also is one of the greatest games ever made. And this is just like Breath of the Wild, but somehow bigger and better in literally every way. Nintendo is the goat at game creation. Uh, There is no one even fucking close. And it's quite honestly amazing and and inspiring at points just as, as a creator to just see Nintendo constantly fucking hit it out of the park. It's like, and like, I'm not saying every, every game they make is a 10 out of 10, but their ratio of 10 out of 10s is fucking astounding. Like, how can you be a, just a team, a company, a corporation, a faceless corporation that just happens to put the right teams together so often to make the greatest games in their genres over and over and over and over again it does not make sense it's so impressive if you have not played tears of the kingdom and you think i'm talking out of my ass play tears of the kingdom and you will understand that i am spitting facts uh it's amazing if you have a nintendo switch 
I mean, if you have a Nintendo Switch, you've probably played it. But if you haven't, play it. I just got a, so I just got a little wet from you spitting so many facts. Yeah, hey. I felt it all the way over here. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> That'll um, happen. Yeah, it sure will. <laughs> there is there is some recommendations I'd like to make, but unfortunately I've I've signed a legal document that has forbade me from making any such comments and or recommendations. Oh, you so. know what's crazy? I actually haven't signed a legal document in so long. And just apropos of absolutely nothing. Oh, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. We'll De- bleep it if we have definitely to. Definitely have to bleep that out. All right. <laughs> definitely have to bleep that out. <laughs> Check hasn't hit the uh, bank yet. Okay, um, okay. But in, in lieu of that uh bleeped out thing which we will not be able to discuss and or hear and or talk about um i started reading a book last week that's called a psalm for the wild built kind of a wild title uh by becky chambers she actually wrote the wayfarer series which i think i recommended previously one of the best books i read last year was one of those and so a psalm for the wild built it's a short little book it actually won the hugo award a few years back and so that speaks for itself. Great little sci-fi book um, talking about kind of like robots and people coexisting in a world that's different than ours. And I'll just leave it at that. I think it's really good, super wholesome, um, good little sci-fi book. Highly recommend it. So A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. Nice. All right. If you want to reach out to us, Twitter at Infinity Rewatch until the inevitable collapse of the platform. And... Yeah, yeah, that's for goddamn sure. (laughs) You can also email us at theinfinitywatchpodcast at gmail.com. And let me just say from my heart to yours, fuck the billionaires. Yeah. Fuck the millionaires. Yeah. Fuck the capitalists. Fuck everybody. Good night. Good night. <laughs>